Seltzer Kings podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't care about the queen, Gavin. I want you to edit the show. If you have to do it from the queue outside Buckingham Palace, then that's what you're going to have to do. Yes. The following podcast contains... Only I didn't say fudge. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Watch your profanity. Right, I'm sorry. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you try to disguise a, a rerun with just a little extra content and a half-ass intro, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 379. I talk funny sometimes, where we just play some clips of some idiot doing funny voices and bits and hope you don't notice that you've heard it all before. Stay tuned. What the hell you think your podcast is brought to you by, have I heard this before? You're a source for previously used content. Sometimes creative work is hard, and sometimes you've got big deadlines that, cut, that take more time and energy than, let's face it, you have. And that's where, have I heard this before, comes in. We take your old stuff, slap a veneer of new stuff on it, and rebrand it as original. Be honest, when you have a giant back catalog of content, why not mine it for new content? We can help. Have I heard this before? Because if you haven't heard it before, it is new to you. Fabulous new star, Rocket Rerun Stubbs! <laughs> For three seasons, Fred Berry helped audiences bust a gut, playing wise-cracking Freddy rerun Stubbs in the hit series, What's Happening? The name is Freddy Stubbs. My close friends call me rerun, but you can call me yours. And you can call me a doctor because you make me sick. Sporting his trademark red beret and suspenders, this not-so-lean dancing machine helped the sitcom become one of the most successful African-American shows ever. After growing up in a St. Louis housing project, Fred began his career in the early 70s, making TV appearances with breakdancing pioneers, the L.A. Lockers. The fancy moves paid off. In 1976, Fred landed the What's Happening gig, and the show quickly became a Nielsen Top Ten. I can't help being, it runs in my family. Nobody runs in your family. Out of control. But the pressures of success and the never-ending fat jokes became too much. I hate being fat. Tired of playing the clown, Fred turned to drugs and booze. By 1979, the show's ratings were in the tank. Network pulled the plug and rerun added unemployed to his already long list of troubles. I've been doing this dumb show since 2015. Almost 400 episodes. One thing you can say is you look back over it is... Uh, that is one big pile of shit. And I've been organizing that pile of shit that I like to call a back catalog into some sort of searchable content so I have some small idea of what I said and 
when I said it. But that is a horrible idea. It is, but it would make doing shows like the one I'm doing this week a lot easier. Because when I went to start searching for content, I couldn't remember when I said the thing I wanted to use. And while all the scripts are in Google Docs, you might be surprised that funny character voice is not a very useful search term. Because you are not funny. Fair point. So I was forced to just go through a lot of stuff and pull junk so I could slap it all together for this here bottle episode. And I'm doing a bottle episode because October is coming up and there are five Mondays in October of 2022. Oh, oh, that is depressing. And that means there is one more show than usual for the annual Spooktacular where we'll spend a whole month talking about spooky and scary shit and the shows we have planned all need to be researched and written. Usually, I would do this a week before the show, but this year I'm trying to up our game a little because we might be getting a new flow of listeners and I would like some of them to hear something that is, uh, good? Well, I find that highly unlikely, but okay. Maybe. Plus, I got to do two, maybe three Patreon specials for all three of you that kick us some money. So long story short, I got a lot of shit to do. So the last two weeks of September are going to be reruns, which I know people hate. I hate them. So I'm trying to offset that this week by doing a show that features some uh, characters or bits that I've created over the past few years. Now, most are from shows that are already out there, and some of you might have heard it, but there's also a little bit of new stuff that you've never, ever heard. Some say the reason that you've never heard it is that this content is, uh, wet garbage and hot urine. But I like to think of it as a peek into the brain of a man who has, for seven years, for no money and very few listeners, created a podcast with almost 400 episodes. You really need therapy. Look, therapy's expensive. And I found that most therapists consider getting drunk during the session to be is unacceptable, completely unacceptable. And then they go on and on about how maybe this kind of behavior is something we should be trying to work on rather than reinforce by my draining a fifth of whiskey in the hour that we have allotted. Look, in my defense, that's how I access my feelings and come to grips with my anxiety. And speaking of anxiety, here's a show full of stuff you've already heard. I got to get to work writing shit about the devil. this show you know who had not even announced his run for president of course we all know what happened after that and for five years this show was little more than a litany of outrages and crimes of the week i will not be playing much of that stuff because it's still depressing but i didn't want to play this clip because it's one of the few times that i actually tried impersonating him and that person is really, really hard to do an impression of, which is why there are so many bad ones out there. For every James Austin Johnson, there are 5,000 ads. That's just saying bigly, because I know I'm, I'm one of them. But this clip, I like it, because I spent a lot of time trying to get the pronunciation of the words correct. Plus, the idea that you know who just raised the great old ones from their sleep 
explains so much about the way the world is today. I mean, le- read yourself some Lovecraft and you will see a lot of MAGA in there. Not just the racism, which, yeah, of course, yeah. But also the mindless cult of followers just shambling around chanting the nonsensical shit over and over and over. I, Donald J. Trump, can tell you unequivocally that when I am president, that which is not dead, which eternal lie, but in strange eons, eh, even death may die. Fanglu iguana nakal katulu reala waganafa tan means make America great again, vote Trump 2016. It'll be beautiful. I'm going to build a wall from Rayla all the way to America. The great old one will rise, and people will complain a little bit, but I will make a deal with him, and it will be beautiful. America will be great under Cthulhu and Trump, although it will be Trump then Cthulhu. That is how this is going to work. I mean, it's not a bad impersonation of him. It's just not a very good one. Also, way too reliant on being kind of nasal and saying bigly. We experimented with a lot of characters during the dark years. We even did some spinoff podcast. One of them was uh, called Fulcrum with uh, a cat that by the name of Stephen with a PH Bannon. Who was not Steve Bannon, the White House advisor? Although Steve Bannon, the White House advisor, did actually spell his name with a PH, but clearly not the same person. I mean, our Bannon was a scotch-soaked, raging asshole who frequently displayed some highly questionable attitudes towards minorities and is clearly not based on any real people whatsoever. Welcome to Fulcrum, balancing the views. From the producers of the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast and Fast Eddie's Podcast Hut Podcast Network, with your host, Stephen with the PH, Bannon. Ugh. Oh, Jesus, fuck, where's my doers? Ugh. I went to CPAC this week and had to sit on stage with that sniveling little fucking mama's boy, Priebus. Jesus, what a limp dick. I don't know why we gotta pretend to like each other. I mean, that little sissy with his ties and his fucking loafers of curb stomp guys more manly than him. God, Jesus, my ass is killing me. I mean, I took a shit this morning and it was like jagged glass in there. I had to stand in the shower and clean it off. It hurts so bad to wipe. Ugh, can't even sit right now. So, let's get on with the show. Let's talk about the Jews. This has been Fulcrum, Balancing the Views, with your host, Stephen with a BH Bannon. Now, you know. I mean, clearly, two different people. Not at all connected. I mean, the guy who recorded those only wore two polo shirts at the same time. Nothing like that other guy. Also, the guy that we, you, we hired to record that sadly died of a heroin overdose in 2018. Too bad we can't say the same thing for the actual Stephen Bannon. Now, when the show first started, obviously, we were just starting out and we probably made some poor ethical choices about our ad sponsors. So, again, that was all Fast Eddie's work. He, 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 he booked every sponsor that we had back in the early days. And it wasn't until, of course, that we joined Seltzer Kings that we got such reputable and upstanding ad sponsors. Like, I don't know, you're probably going to hear like three or four sports betting ads during this episode alone. But back in those days, we needed the money. So sometimes we uh, had sponsors that... I personally would never have approved of, but they weren't my choice to make. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Vladimir's Cybersecurity Systems. His name you can trust. You have many things to make safe. We hope. 
You trust Vladimir? He take care. Just email bank numbers, code for nuclear weapons. You give to Vladimir? He makes safe. You trust Vladimir? Vladimir not part of GRU. He swear. He's just part of big company like Goldman Sachs. Use Vladimir. Promise will be good. Just give us your passwords soon. You sign up to Vladimir's cybersecurity. is free. Use your social security number as a promo code at checkout. Spotsiba. Did Vladimir maybe wipe out a few people's bank accounts and buy some nuclear secrets from a former president? Maybe. But you know what? I'll say this much about Vladimir, unlike the sports books, his checks always cleared. Now, some of our characters, I don't even know if this is the character, but... Uh, they they go way, way back before podcasts were even a thing. The association was something that was created in the late 1990s when I was doing a fake radio show with my friend Eric Marsh on the internet. You could listen to it streaming, kind of, sort of streaming. We had to upload the file, but then you could stream it back down to your on computer back in the 90s on something called a real player which was a kludgy piece of shit software that you put on your computer and you could never ever remove but you know what again we needed the money so when the podcast came back i uh i uh turned once again to the association and brought them back to sponsor the show the what the hell were you thinking podcast is brought to you by the association our business is none of your goddamn business because we are the faceless men in the room who make decisions we are the they in muttered rooms we are masters of culture, deciding what you will watch and listen to this year. We are the keepers of secrets you suspect are true, but cannot imagine actually are. We are the association. And we're sustained by donations from listeners like you. Donate now by texting NWO to 666-6666. Standard messaging rates apply. And receive a free association tote bag or coffee mug with your donation of $20 or more. The association. We control everything, but not without help from you. Those tote bags? Snazzy. Durable. Like to see more of them on the trains around New York City. But I'll tell you this much. I'm drinking the show whiskey out of an association coffee mug right fucking now we went back and uh, dropped in some music in there at the end of the association that uh had a little 50 styles to 50 style psa jive to it and that's because i'm obsessed with 50s psas mostly because they were still showing when i was in the elementary school in the 1970s and so back in the high 100th episode i created a little character called potty the podcast to try and help explain to kids what podcasts were. Welcome to the wonderful world of podcasting. So, you want to make a podcast, just like all the cool kids are doing these days. I mean, everyone else is doing it, why can't you? Not so fast, champ. First of all, you'll need to know a few basic things. Like, what is a podcast? Where do podcasts come from? And what are the social diseases associated with podcast hosts? I think I know someone who can help. Meet Potty the Podcast. Hi, everybody! Potty, can you tell us about podcasts? I sure can, Dave. Podcasts are our digital friends who come from the Internet. They're on-demand Internet radio, like you can get from a transistor AM radio in your 1957 Chevy Bel Air. Okay, that's about as far as I know. 
You see, Potty was really short back then because at 100 episodes, I was not at all confident in our production skills to make us think that we could carry it off for anything more than about 60 seconds. But by episode 244, we no longer labored under any delusions that we were any good or that people cared whether we were good or not. And that's why we created Selective Sam, the Selective Serviceman, to tell kids about the draft. Boy, <laughs> oh man. Remember back then, back during the dark years, when all of a sudden millennials and Gen Z were worried they were going to get drafted? I mean, I created this entire thing that none of them ever heard. Hi there. You look like an 18-year-old male who's a citizen of the United States or a legal resident. And I bet you have questions about your obligation to sign up for the Selective Service. Gosh, mister, do I ever? I'm Selective Sam, the Selective Service Man, and I'm here to tell you all about it. Thanks, Selective Sam. Please do tell me all about it. First of all, the Selective Service is not a draft. It's a list of draft-eligible guys like you to be entered into a lottery for the draft in the event of a national emergency. And only if Congress passes a law first, ordering the draft, and the president signs it. So, like, a lot of stuff has to happen first then, huh? It sure does, Tommy. But what happens if I don't sign up for the Selective Service, Selective Sam? Oh, Tommy, you don't want to do that. You see, son, failing to register is against the law. It's punishable by $250,000 fine and up to five years in prison. Gee, willikers. I know. And even if you aren't prosecuted, you'll not be eligible for many federal benefits like student loans, job training, or even good government jobs. Like CIA ninja assassin? Ha <laughs> ha, yes, exactly like that. Also, if you're a resident alien, you won't be eligible for citizenship. Though, let's be honest, Tommy, a nice white boy like you has nothing to worry about. Build a wall, right, Selective Sam? Ha ha ha, you're right, Tommy. Brown people are dangerous and possibly the enemy. So what have we learned today, Tommy? Listen to Selective Sam. Do the right thing and sign up when you turn 18. Good job, Tommy. And good job, America. You know, sometimes I worry that uh, people might listen to the back catalog and not realize the cynical sarcasm that I was trying to portray. But then I realized that most people aren't listening to the back catalog, so I'm sure it'll be fine. I know, I said I wasn't going to talk about the dark years, but the dark years gave us so much goofy-ass content. The, the orange one did one thing that I have always been super stoked about. And that was creating the Space Force. Now, I love the Space Force for a bunch of reasons, not the least of which is because, come on, it's the Space Force. But also, it gave me the second favorite thing on this podcast that I've ever done. Now, look, the references are dated now, uh, but I was doing a word-for-word -word spoof of Jack Nicholson's scenery-chewing scene in a few good men and fuck i nailed it it was amazing i was gonna re-record it and rewrite it to take out all the 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 dark years references but i am not at all sure that i could ever ever make as good a copy as i did back in episode 152 the space force son 
We live in a world that has space, and space has got to be guarded by men with laser blasters. Who's going to do it? You, you snarky reporter man. President Trump has a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Rex Tillerson, and you curse the Galactic Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Rex Tillerson's firing, while incredibly funny, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me in space. You need me in space. We use words like bigly, beautiful, and greatest. We use these words as a backbone of a life spent grifting and stealing. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that Space Force provides and then questions the the manner in which Space Force provides it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a phased plasma rifle and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. Okay, okay, okay. I- I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. You wanna investigate me? Roll the dice and take your chances. I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 FBI agents who are trained to steal my election. So don't think for one second that you can come down here, flash your badge, and make me nervous. Except if I could do that in a Trump voice, it would be fucking perfect. Now I said, I said that that was my second favorite, but I'm going to tell you, hands down, the favorite thing I've ever done in seven years on this podcast was in an episode about a dipshit missionary that his got his godbothering ass killed real good on an island in, off the Indian Ocean. It's episode 188, if you're curious. And that episode that we we noted that uh, Christianity's obsession with selling itself had made the religion rather more like a, a, a shady real estate agency than a church. And with that, my brain went straight to Glen Gary Glen Ross and that scene where Blake played by a very young and very sexy Alec Baldwin, gives a little pep talk to the washed-up salesman. And uh, then I did a word-for-word recreation of that scene, except that it's Jesus talking to the disciples at the Last Supper. Is this blasphemous? Well, if I believed in God, it would be, but I don't. And so what it is, is the best fucking thing I have ever done on this entire low-rated podcast. Let me have your attention for a moment. So you're talking, talking about what? You're talking about bitching about that conversion you shot, some son of a bitch that don't want to believe, somebody that doesn't even want what you're preaching, some broad you're trying to screw and so forth. Let's talk about something important. You, Luke, put that wine down. Wines for closers only. You think I'm fucking with you? I'm not fucking with you. I'm here from Uptown. I'm here from Abraham and Moses. And I am here on a mission, a mercy. You, you, your name's Judas, right? You call yourself a preacher, you son of a bitch. I don't gotta listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal, because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is all you, all you, all you got just one week to regain your job starting tonight. Starting with tonight's cedar. Oh, 
Have I got your attention now? Good. Because we're adding a little something to this month's souls contest. As all of you know, first prize is kingdom of heaven. Anyone want to see second prize? Second prize is a set of steak knives. Third prize is you're fired. You get the picture? Are you laughing now? You got leads. Abraham and Moses paid good money. Get their names to sell them. If you can't close the leads you're given, you can't close shit. You are shit. Hit the bricks, pal. Beat it. Because you're going out. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. Fucking leads are weak. You're weak. I've been in this business 33 years. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. You know why, mister? You, you walked in in sandals to get here tonight. I drove an 80,000 dinari Roman chariot. That's my name. And you, your name is Judas. It's you're wanting. And you can't play a man's game. You can't close them. And you go home to your wife and you tell your wife your troubles. Because the only thing that counts in this life is get them to sign on the line which is dotted. You hear me, you fucking Pharisees? You walked in in sandals and I rode in in an 80,000 denarii Roman chariot. Oh my God. Oh, I watched that scene from Glengarry Glen Ross like 40 times before I recorded that. And you, if you put them side by side, and I'm not saying I did, but I'm not saying I didn't, they are almost fucking perfect. It is my greatest regret that I could not submit this for a podcast Emmy because that's my greatest piece of acting that I have ever done and ever will do in my entire creative life now time to take it way down from the pinnacle of what i consider my creative life to canada i love canada i wish it was from canada but you know what i love even more a wildly exaggerated character voice that is probably insulting to every canadian ever born but i've never let that stop me from doing it before and i'm not gonna let it stop me from doing it now gordo tremblay makes it a couple of appearances on the show but uh his first appearance was a deputy minister of apologies apologizing for not allowing any new draft dodgers into Canada. And Gordo felt terrible about it, but as the minister of apologies, he had some orders. Oh, sorry about that. I had to get my microphone on there. Okay, uh, okay good day. How are you doing, eh? So uh, on behalf of the government of Canada, I'm Gordo Tremblay. I'm the Deputy Minister of Apologies for the Canadian government. And uh, I want to say sorry to you, some Americans that are involved in another one of your uh, pointless and futile wars there. Also, we're sorry that we got to announce that we're not going to be taking draft dodgers from the states this time around. We've got a lot of you Americans who came up there in the 60s there in the positions that uh, those guys fill in our country economy. You know, they, uh, you know they're doing stuff like uh, hemp farming or folk singing or beading and or like tie-dyeing there. Uh, you know, they're still there because uh, we got good health care and uh, an increased level of stress by not having a moron for our prime minister there. So uh, if in the future there we got openings and related fields, so I don't know, so stay sandal strap repair or hacky sacking or professors of 11th century French Catholic heresies, uh, we'll look into allowing maybe a limited number of draft dodgers over the border at that time. Eh? So again, sorry about that there, but uh, I don't know what can you do. 
On behalf of your northern neighbors, I'm Gordo Tremblay, the Deputy Minister of Apologies for Canada. Uh, sorry. Thanks for listening. And oh, hey, go Flames. Now, a little closer on that about Go Flames is was an ad lib, but sometimes the ad lib sells it. And I have some characters that just pop unbidden while I'm doing my recordings. I mean, I'll write the script, and then while I'm recording it, they will just appear, and I'll have to ad lib them in there. Those characters are almost impossible to find in the morass of shows that we have, but I did come up with a couple from episode 314, all about challenge coins. Receiving a coin from an officer was generally considered to be more valuable coin and rarely presented, unquote. <laughs> Jolly good job, Smedley. Terrible tragedy about your head being blown off like that. Tell you what, take this half farthing, pop around the pub, and have a pint on behalf of the good old lieutenant. Thank you, sir, but I- I- I'd really like to go to the hospital and have my head put back on. I mean, that's totally Monty Python influence, and so is this from the same show, talking about where a noble general gushes about the dials of dead peasants on his colleague's challenge coin. More from Wikipedia, quote, Challenge coins were also known as portrait medals during the Renaissance, and were often used to commemorate specific events involving royalty, nobility, or other types of well-to-do individuals. The medals would be given as gifts or awards, and people also exchanged them with friends and associates, unquote. Considering the martial abilities of most nobles, one could only assume that eight or nine hundred peasant soldiers had to die for one of these babies to be issued. Oh, Lord Reginald, this portrait medal of your victory at Chartreuse is amazing. Are those tiny piles of dead peasants in the foreground? Oh, how saucy. Now, look, this is a professional production. And before we start recording, we ensure that our sound levels are just where we want them to be. And because I'm me, I chose an ACDC song to uh, set my sound levels to. I've got big balls. I've got big balls. They're such big balls. And they're big balls. And he's got big balls. And she's got big balls. But we've got the best balls on the And sometimes I might get a little goofy while doing the, uh, doing the, doing the pre-production. And, uh, I'm going to play a little of that for you right now. I'm upper-upper-class high society. God's gift to ballroom notoriety. If your name is on the guest list, no one could take you higher. Everyone says I've got great balls of fire. Some balls are held for charity and some for fancy dress, but when they're held for pleasure, they're the balls that I like best. My balls are always bouncing to the left and to the right. Oh, it's my belief that my big ball should be held every night. Gavin gets... Save that, Gavin. We're going to use it at a bumper someday. Gavin gets really tired of hearing those lyrics every, every, every single time we start a recording session. That's why I do them. You know how on Saturday Night Live they break and they start laughing? Well, that happens to hear. It does. I know that you, you think that I'm better than that. But I assure you, I'm not. Far away look in his eyes when he told me that he could write a program that made the word fart scroll constantly off the... (laughs) 
yes, I'm 12 and I broke, I broke, I broke from recording at the word fart. One, two. <laughs> I'm a professional podcaster, folks. Look it up in the book. <laughs> It did. It just said fart over it. <laughs> I, I recorded this six months ago and I'm still laughing today. Uh, <laughs> just, just farts. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it still makes me laugh. <laughs> Oh, God, I entertain myself doing I this, do. which is a good thing because I don't entertain I anyone don't, else. No one else laughs like this on my show like I do. <laughs> so when the show got picked up by the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network, I uh, I got really enthusiastic about it, and I recorded some stuff for uh, for Jeremy's podcast, Going Dork, that apparently Jeremy didn't think was appropriate. For his show, which, fair, listening back to it. Also, I didn't really understand the premise behind it. But uh, still, I'm going to play them for you because, again, I promised you content that you had never, ever heard before. So here it is. Hello, Jeremy. It's me, Sidney Blumenthal. I'm calling from Saskatchewan, Canada, and I am, in fact, a Sasquatch. I know you may find that hard to believe. I understand many people don't believe I actually exist. However, I am a seven-foot-tall, hairy humanoid that has enormous feet. Don't let that infer that I am anyway endowed in any other way. And uh, I would like to be on your podcast. I know that you may think that a Sasquatch from Saskatchewan might be a little bit, I don't know, cliche, but I want you to let you know that I am actually a hometown boy. My family is from Schenectady. And we moved up to Saskatchewan after my father, Murray Blumenthal, left the United States Army after World War II. So please call me back. I would enjoy being on your Going Dork podcast. Thank you. And uh, again, love the shows. Love all of them. Okay, bye. I just love the idea of a Jewish Sasquatch. Okay, here's... (laughs) He's got a yarmulke and everything. Um, so I, I, I'm not Jewish. I shouldn't do this stuff. Okay, well, here's one that I can do because it's a redneck, and uh, I definitely meet the criteria to make fun of rednecks. Jeremy? Jeremy, it's me, Lee Earl Stroke from Arley, Alabama. Pick up if you're... No, well, shit, that ain't how this works, is it? Look, you would not believe what the fuck I saw last night next to the hen house. I was up late because Thelma May was having back spasms and didn't want me in bed with her, and about 2 in the morning I went out to take a leak. And just at first, you know, it was lights and shit like on them sightings before. But then there was smoke and mist. And when that all settled down, I know this is going to sound crazy, but that UFO looked like, well, it looked like my cousin Lim in his shitter truck. And I know how that sounds, but I happen to know for a fact that Lim was in Birmingham because he got picked up for DWI last Thursday in his shitter truck and couldn't make bail. Also... I ain't even got a porta potty on my property, Jeremy. Well, I called the sheriff, and he told me that if I called him again on another one of my sightings, he was going to charge me for it. Well, the thing hung around for about an hour just sitting there, and then it just took off straight up in the air and disappeared. A flying shitter truck, Jeremy. I bet you ain't heard nothing like that before. Put it on your show. 
Okay, call me back. Take care and, uh, you know, keep fighting for the truth there. <laughs> I don't know. I think Jeremy should bring us back. I think he should restart going dork and just have Sydney and Earl <laughs> Ray call in. Okay, all right. Here's some more stuff. All right, so I cut a lot of explicit language warnings that never get used because they're not very good. But here's a couple of them. And basically... I can't explain it. I'm not even going to try. Come on down to Jimmy Earl Ray's where we've got bait on sale this weekend. It's for half off for worms, crickets, and night crawlers. But of course, y'all can also buy some of our special trout dough, which makes the trout just basically leap up out of the water and into your boat. So come on down to Jimmy Earl Ray's bait shack and tell them that Jimmy Earl Ray sent you, which doesn't make a lot of sense because I'm Jimmy Earl Ray and I just told you to say that and I'm probably going to know. But still, come on down. Also, this podcast is full of swears. You probably shouldn't listen to it. And I guess I thought that people would not fucking understand one single part about that. And so after I made that one, I made one that was even more inexplicable. Hey, y'all. It's Ladies Night here at Kenny's Karaoke Castaway, where ladies get in free. And if y'all come up and show Dave the karaoke DJ just a little bit of cleavage, he bumpy songs up to the top of the list. Every night is ladies' night here at Kenny's Karaoke Castaway, so y'all come on down. And also, this here podcast is full of swears and filth and profanity, and y'all shouldn't even be listening. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be. And I can also say that if I ever did have a karaoke bar, which, God, I pray someday, if you show me cleavage, I will definitely bump your songs up to the top of the list. Another part of the show is a bunch of promos that I've never, that I recorded over the years and just, they sat in a hopper because, well, they sounded like this. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast on Fast Eddie's Podcast Hut Podcast Network. It goes down easy, like a Republican politician in an airport bathroom. Gavin, there aren't even any bullets in the gun. There are totally bullets in the gun. He just doesn't know. Hey, it's me, Dave Bledsoe, the host of the What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast right here on Fast Eddie's Podcast Hut Podcast Network. And I'm telling you that if you don't donate a dollar to our Patreon campaign at what the patreon.com slash what the hell podcast, I will shoot my producer Gavin. No, seriously, I'll do it. I'll shoot it. I, I don't care. I'm kidding. I don't even have a gun. Oh, this is so much work better. As a, I saw it on the magazine cover in the 70s. And honest to God, the dog was a lot more sympathetic than Gavin was. I don't even know why I thought that this would be a good idea. Other than the fact that it just freaked Gavin out. Just, I just talked about shooting. But still, you should definitely give us a dollar at patreon.com slash podcast. Otherwise, you know, even if I don't shoot him, I'll just hurt his feelings. It's, it's a bad thing that I do, I'm, and I'm not a good person. Not at all. I have so many questions about those promos, and I'm the one that recorded them and presumably wrote them. What the hell was I thinking? And most of all, why the hell did I use Foodie and the Blowfish? 
I don't know. I've gotten drunk while recording this episode because, well, fuck it. I mean, I get drunk when I record all of them. But I've just clearly given up caring at all because this is a bottle episode. And I don't ex- actually expect any one of you to be here 39 minutes and 29 seconds into the show. But if you stayed here for this long, I'm going to give you this gift. Because I know that I'm very, very mean to my producer, Gavin St. James. And I want you to know that Gavin does not deserve it. Because Gavin has had a very, very hard life. Oh, I see. Being a drive-time DJ is too good for my son, is it, eh? <laughs> Your mom and I have been doing drive-time so 30 years was enough to raise you and send you to your fancy university. But, oh, no, that's too good for you now, ain't it? Ah, pah, pah, fine. Go to America and become a podcast producer, you manky git. Farewell, father. I promise someday you shall be proud of me. Oh, go on, get out of here. Go, go. I've got to be on the air for the traffic and weather on the ones in two minutes. (laughs) That is it for the show this week. My God, a show that I thought would go 23 minutes just... It's crossing 45 minutes by the time it's all said and done. Look, we're going to be back in uh, October with a shitload of new content all about the devil. And we all know that I love the devil and the devil loves me. So um, thank you for sticking around. And hey, you know what? I'm going to close it out with how I started on the Seltzer Kings podcast network with me singing the theme song to WKRP in Cincinnati, but modified for this dumb podcast. And we'll see you all next week. Wondered whatever became of me. I'm doing a podcast now in New York City. On a network called Seltzer Kings. Got kind of tired of packing and unpacking. Pod to pod, up and down the dial. Maybe you and me were never meant to be. But baby, listen in once in a while. I'm on a podcast network called Seltzer Kings. And fuck Gavin. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.